I went to happiness school, so you don't have to. Welcome to Milieu, where context is queen, because a better life requires a better lens and French butter. Writer Maria Popova explains. One of the most pervasive and perennial contradictions, pulling the human spirit asunder, is our yearning for greatness, which coexists with our chronic propensity for self-doubt. One example of this is the imposter syndrome, or the imposter phenomenon. An imposter can be defined as someone who assumes a character for the purpose of deception, a con artist, hypocrite, fraud, or faker. The imposter phenomenon includes feelings of inadequacy despite evidence of competence, feelings like self-doubt, perceived fraudulence, the inability to internalize accomplishments, and the downplaying of compliments and recognition. The imposter syndrome was first uncovered by researchers Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes in 1978 while studying high-achieving women in clinical therapy. Despite objective evidence of their success, they had a lasting fear of being discovered as frauds. Later, Clance and another researcher discovered that both men and women experienced this equally. Clance developed a scale called the Imposter Phenomenon, or IP, test, which can differentiate fraudulent feelings from those of depression, anxiety, and self-esteem. The test measures your reaction to phrases like these. Do you hear yourself in any of these? Sometimes I feel or believe that my success in life or in my job has been the result of some kind of error. I'm afraid people important to me may find out that I'm not as capable as they think I am. If I'm going to receive a promotion or gain recognition of some kind, I hesitate to tell others until it's an accomplished fact. Actually, imposter syndrome isn't a syndrome, which is a cluster of symptoms that causes intense distress or interferes with a person's ability to function. Pauline Clance has said, if I could do it all over again, I would call it the imposter experience, because it's not a syndrome or a complex or a mental illness. It's something almost everyone experiences. A friend of mine recently shared his experience with me, which follows. After joining the tour of a major Broadway show, I experienced the imposter syndrome. I think it came on because of the way I booked the job. At the second audition, it was down to me and another guy. I thought that I had booked it, but I didn't hear anything. I heard through the grapevine that the guy had been offered the job. But then, one of my friends messaged me. Their pick had turned it down. Five days before they started rehearsals, I finally got the job offer. This number one dream job of mine felt like a windfall, but I came in knowing that I wasn't their first choice, so I felt undeserving. A lot of the cast had multiple Broadway credits. This was only the third musical I'd ever worked on, and I'd only made a fraction of the salary. So between the financial piece, comparison with my peers and bosses, the scale of the production, and being like a backup choice, I felt I had to prove myself. I had a lot of anxiety from not feeling worthy. One of my supervisors was cold to me. His attitude reinforced how I was feeling. I was so afraid of getting fired, the loss would have been devastating. 
From an outside perspective, it's hard for me to reconcile that my friend felt like an imposter after so many years of training. In the excellent book, The War of Art, we learn about a powerful force that wants to get in the way of you achieving your goals. It's called resistance, and it shows up in lots of ways, like for me, procrastination. I think that the imposter syndrome is one of the ways that resistance shows up for us. Coming to peace with the imposter syndrome is a process. Here are some ideas. Don't let imposter syndrome keep baby in the corner. Continue to surround yourself with people that help you grow. Get clear about your disadvantages, but also your advantages and your preparation. Cultivate mindful self-compassion. More on that to come. Decide that humility and growth are turning you into who you're, quote, pretending to be. See yourself as part of the larger whole, each of us with a role to play. Physicist Freeman Dyson said, diversity is the law that rules the universe. Grant yourself the permission you crave. Visualize what you hope to accomplish. Who would I be if I weren't an imposter? And remember, it's normal. Jodie Foster, Maya Angelou, David Bowie, Serena Williams, Howard Schultz, and Sheryl Sandberg are some of the many high achievers who've come clean about their imposter syndrome. I recently took a class with Seth Godin, author of 19 bestsellers, who himself still experiences imposter feelings. He said, The imposter syndrome is a symptom of right behavior. You are an imposter. And think about it. You haven't done this before. But if you're feeling this, it's because you're putting yourself somewhere that you're being challenged. And that's a good thing. Is it possible that you've gotten lucky breaks? Sure, we all have. Are you the most qualified person in the entire world to do what you do? Probably not. Is the world a perfect meritocracy? Hell to the no. Dropping your I'm an imposter narrative doesn't make you arrogant. The imposter syndrome was initially destructive for my friend because the anxiety prevented him from doing his best work on the Broadway tour. But knowing firsthand what it was like to feel unwelcome made him want to welcome new cast members. He became an integral part of the tour company. And over 1,200 performances later, he had transformed those feelings of doubt into feelings of self-worth and pride. I want to say Seth's quote again here. The imposter syndrome is a symptom of right behavior. It reminds me of something Neil Donald Walsh said. Life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. What if you're exactly where you're meant to be? And what if, actually, you're the real McCoy, legitimate, genuine, growing, and needed? Thanks for joining me.